thank you for joining us. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical glitch, but we will be going right along with our program. We do want to invite you guys. What we're going to do in a minute is do our time of praise reports and prayer concerns. I don't know why I'm getting things going off on my book here, guys. I'm apologize for that. I have done turned it to silent. It's silent. But we are going to do our praise reports and our prayer concerns. And so to get started with that, what we would love to do is to hear from you guys and see if there's any prayer concerns or praise reports that you would like to share with us. And so you can do so in the comments. You can do so in the comments. We'd love to hear either a praise report of something of how God's blessed you or a testimony of God's goodness or even a prayer concern that you have that you would like us to be in prayer for. Um, we do have some here in our live audience, too, and so we'll open the floor for them as well if they have anything that they would like to share or say. And at any time, if you can't hear us, just let us know in the comments, and we will be sure to tune um, So kind of fix what we can. Um, I do have a prayer request already coming through. Um, Brianna Alexander will be taking her driving test next week. Her driving test next week, and so she would like prayer for her driving test. Let's see. Who Any other prayer concerns? Who is that? Bree? Oh. Okay. Anyone else with a prayer concern or a praise report? Well, my sister had to go out to the hospital again last night, but I think that she's already come back home. And Janice tried to call, and she didn't get back, so I guess she turned her phone completely off for the night or something. But she got dismissed about 1 o'clock this morning, and I hadn't heard from her, so I guess it wasn't. She claimed she had uh, fluid building up on her lungs, mm-hmm. she's being in and out, in and out. She don't have COVID or anything like that. She's been tested for that in any way. So, as far as I know, she's, she's home. Right. Home. This is her sister? Yeah. Okay. Linda. So your sister Linda, who um, went to the hospital, she's home now, but just praying for her health and recovery. Okay, any other requests? We definitely want to remember and pray for our local church community. There are a lot of local churches that have um, gone back to virtual because of um, church members being exposed to COVID. Um, COVID numbers have been growing very exponentially large, even in our small community here. And so we definitely want to be praying for COVID, praying for our communities, praying for the health of those around us. Any others? Let's pray. <coughs> our most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you right now this day. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. We thank you for your blessings that you have poured out upon us. And we thank you for your faithfulness. We lift up those, Lord, who have had prayer concerns for driving tests, for health of family members. Lord, we pray for our community, for your churches, that the church would be a beacon of light in your community at this time. And a beacon of hope. We ask that you be with us now. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. All right, guys. 
any help. I just lips. I'm used to being able to lift people's lips and breathe lips. I couldn't see their lips. It was a little weird for me. So I am going to take it off. That way, if anyone's watching us, they can breathe lips if they need to. I don't know why. I always felt like I couldn't hear people if I couldn't see their lips moving at the same time. This mess thing's been a little hard for me. It's all like we have all become professional ventriloquists. <laughs> the bright side is you can now be at a store singing along with a song on the radio, and if you are quiet enough, they will not know it is you singing along. <laughs> I say that from experience. I have definitely done that. Then walking around, I'm like, huh, I like this song. Start singing out loud, and everyone's just like, no one can figure out it's you because they can't figure out who's singing because they can't tell for sure where it's coming from, and they can't see whose lips are moving. It's also, you know, when you're doing your makeup for us women, some of us, we're all, our foundation, everything, it's going to last so much longer because we have, we're saving all of this down here. <laughs> Masks are great. We're definitely, I mean, I'm excited. I get to wear different ones. I actually have some just plain ones, but I also have taken the opportunity to wear masks that say just about anything and everything. I've got faith. God is powerful. I've got my fancy Salvation Army Shield ones. I've got ones that say just whatever. And so, um, if you guys need masks, be sure to let us know. We're happy to help however we can. We are going to be in the book of Jeremiah today. Jeremiah chapter 22. Jeremiah chapter 22. Now, for those of you out here, for those of you there, if your Bible is the one that has the subtitles, what is one of the things... What is the subtitle of Jeremiah chapter 22, anybody? If your Bible has those little subtitles, it's the little, this is what we're going to talk about in these following chapters or chapter verses, whatever. Anyone, what does Jeremiah 22 say it is? A message for Judah?
and they had just gotten put there. And he was warning them, telling them, yeah, you're going to be restored, but you're going to have to go through this. But I find it interesting because in verse, in chapter 22, we see a progression. And it does say a judgment against evil kings because we see a progression. We have the good king, Josiah, who had loved the Lord and had trained and brought people up in the ways of serving the Lord. And then after him, his sons, his children, their children, they lose sight of serving the Lord and what the Lord wanted them to do. And so in verse 20, in chapter 22, throughout these verses, there's 30 of them, we see God saying, if you fail to understand this, if you do not remember how Josiah led, if you cannot do what I ask my people to do, you will have to face the consequences. And sadly enough, if you get it in context, that was Jeremiah 22. We get Jeremiah 29, seven chapters later, they hadn't learned their lesson. And so what I want us to do when we look at this verse is to think about that. Because there's been a lot of discussion I've seen, and you know, guys, I like my social media, and I like to, I don't like to necessarily always comment, but I like to read people's comments. See what people say sometimes. And there's been this talk about whether social justice, if you will, or seeking justice, fighting, standing up for others, seeking to liberate the oppressed, there's been talk on whether or not that's a concern for the church. There's been talk on whether or not it's something Christians should be considerate of. Whether that should matter to them. And there's been scriptures, and we've looked at some of them. There's scriptures like Micah and other scriptures. There's scriptures in the New Testament. There's scriptures in the Old Testament that say to care for the oppressed, for the downtrodden, to speak up for those. And we've even looked at them throughout the scriptures. But I came across Jeremiah 22 in some reading this past week, and it kind of stuck out to me because... It reminded me of a scripture we've looked at before in Revelations chapter 2 when we looked at the church of Ephesus. Because in Jeremiah, we see that God is so serious that his chosen people would literally be sent into a state of exile. Verses 23 and on, you see him telling them, listen, you guys aren't listening to what I have asked. You guys are failing to do what I've done. You guys, in verse 25, tells them 70 years of captivity are coming. You are going to be exposed to the wrath of God. They will in actually become exiles made to serve other kings. And then that's when we get Jeremiah 29, 11. 
If you learn the lesson and remember and can do what I tried to tell you to do in chapter 22, then I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. And so as we go through Jeremiah 22, I want us to look at it keeping Jeremiah 29, 11 in mind. Because the Israelites, Judah, failed to understand what they were being told in chapter 22. And that's what led them to 70 years of exile, 70 years of captivity. So just what was it that they were being told to do that they failed to do that made God so frustrated. You see, the Lord sent Jeremiah to warn the people that he was greatly displeased with them and their unjust treatment that some have been receiving at the hands of their wealthy neighbors and employers. He was, Jeremiah's purpose was to warn them that this type of oppression, this injustice, goes against the very will and nature of God, and that it will not be left unpunished. So, looking through verse 3, this is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of his oppressors the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the alien, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. I like to think of this as a to-do list. How many of us have ever sat and made a to-do list? Oh, yeah, all the time. All right, how many of y'all, like me, maybe sometimes add things that we've already done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like, get up. Your to-do list for the day. Wake up. Done that. Check. <laughs> Just so that we can feel a little accomplished, right? And so, God is very clearly telling him, this is what is expected of them. This is your to-do list as my people. <clears throat> do what is just and do what is right. Rescue the oppressed. And do no wrong. Do what is right. Do what is just. Seek justice, right? He continues to say it. And he points out and he talks about King Josiah. Verse 11. For this is what the Lord says about Shalom, son of Josiah. who succeeded his father as the king of Judah, but was gone from this place. He will never return. He will die in the place where he has been led in captivity, and he will not see his lands again. That's the son. But what gets him to that point? He says that Josiah, was a righteous king. He did what was just. And the Lord blessed him. 
but they in return have left that way. They no longer do and live by the ways of Josiah, by the ways of the Lord. They fail to check off those things on God's to-do list. <clears throat> they were getting ahead, finding their own success, at the sake of others. They were, what is the phrase, stepping on the little people to make it to the top. Anyone ever heard that phrase? I got some yeses yet. That's what they were doing. It says, verse 4, For if you are careful to carry out these commands, then the king who sits on David's throne will come through the gates of this palace, riding in chariots or horses, accompanied by their officials and their people. But if you do not obey these commands, declares the Lord, I swear by myself that this place will become a ruin. If you can do this to-do list, if you can do these four things, then the line of David will sit on the throne with no end. <clears throat> but if you can't, the very city will become ruined. And we know, as we get to progressions in 23, by the time we get to 29, the city had been left to ruin. Because they had forgotten those four things. And people, it says, people will come from many nations, will pass by, verse 8, chapter, verse 8, this city, and they will ask one another, why has the Lord done such a thing to this great city? Why did the Lord allow this to happen to them? And the answer will be, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and have worshipped and served other gods. It says, do not weep for the dead king, for King Josiah, or mourn his loss, but instead weep bitterly for him who is exiled, because he will never return nor see his native land again. And other translations or paraphrases, it legit translates into the saying, don't cry or weep for the saints, but instead for the sinners that are still here. For if they never come out of that place of sin, they will never return. They will die in the place where they have been led captive, and they will never see their promised land again. Woe to him who will build his place on unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his countrymen work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. He says to himself, I build myself a great palace with spacious upper rooms, and he makes large windows to sit in, panels in the cedar, and decorates it with red. But it says, you do this at the cost of what? Do you really need all this stuff? Does having more and more cedar make you a good king? Does it make you more of a king? 
And he says, didn't I give Josiah your father food and drink? He did what was right and just. And so all went well with him. He checked off the things on God's to-do list, and God provided for him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. Is it not what it means to know me, declares the Lord, to defend the cause of the needy, to do what is right and just, to do no wrong? But he says, verse 17, your eyes and your heart are only set in dishonest gain on shedding innocent blood and on oppression and exhortation. And then it says to the point, because of that, there will be no one left who mourns you. You will be ashamed and disgraced, verse 22. <clears throat> Those of you who think that you haven't made will come to know and will honestly even be forgotten. We talk about righteousness, and it can seem like a very big word. But what we see here is a warning against being unrighteous. Now, what does righteousness mean? It can honestly be translated to something very simple. Doing right to others. Simple as that. Righteousness. Living righteously. Doing right. Doing good to others. But woe to those. Woe. It's a preparation. It's a declaration. If you fail to do this, if you fail to be righteous, to do right to others, you will be judged. Injustice, unfairness, prejudice, wrong, discrimination, all of those things that can come from considering yourself
And because he did, the Lord looked after him. The Lord provided for him. He did not go without being met with his needs. But in return, his son went in a grand home. And it was coming at the expense of the people. People were starving while he had feast. And the Lord is warning them. If you would focus less about what you are going to and think about what you are going to feed your brother, then you yourself will never go hungry. If you would focus less about taking care of yourself and focus more on others, <clears throat> then if you turn to me, I will make sure you have what you I did it for your father Josiah. I will do it for you. But your heart is hardened against others. He warns him. Verse 30. Record this man as a childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime. For none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule anymore in Judah. What he has had will be taken from him. And in this, we kind of see a parallel to the story of Job, right? Job was being tested. He got stuff taken away from him. He lost his blessing. <clears throat> and the difference is that it was a test for them. It was a warning for the king here. Job stayed faithful even in the loss, he was rewarded. Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, never learned his lesson. And so not only did he lose everything, but it would go on to the point where because he failed to act with righteousness and justice, his very lie would suffer. Loving mercy means doing right for others. To act justly to act with fairness, honesty, and integrity, to do what God requires of us by doing no wrong to others, to do what is right, what is righteous. God requires us to love goodness, to love justice, and to love righteousness. Micah 6, 8, we referenced earlier, says, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with 
your Lord. Mercy, unexpected kindness. It's a gift that we have been given that we are asked to share. But sometimes mercy can be hard. Kindness can be overlooked. In fact, have you ever watched shows and just go, I can't believe that person's that rude. Anybody watch a Facebook video recently and go, hmm, they just got up on the wrong side of the bed, right? Rudeness seems to be a trend. But one of the things on our to-do list not let rudeness stand, but to value kindness, to love mercy, to have the opportunity to show kindness to all, even those who are rude, to be gentle to all, even those who are harsh. And that's part of walking humbly with our God. We see the perfect example of what is expected of us when Jesus, on the cross, met his tormentors and the killers with mercy. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We don't pay back rudeness with rudeness, unkindness with unkindness. Wrong does not make room for more wrong, right? Your parents ever tell you two wrongs never make a right, guys, do us, does it? And we learn that from Jesus. God expects us as children made in his image to love and get along with one another to treat one another justly and fairly, to love mercy and to show kindness towards all, and having a relationship, walking with the Lord daily. We see that that's the kind of life Josiah led. Did not your father have food and drink? He did what was right and just, so all went well with him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy, so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me? Josiah knew the Lord. But, he says in verse 17, you, his son, Jehoiakim, you, Your eyes and your hearts are only set for your own self-interest. You have no problem pressing people and extorting the weak to get ahead, to get what you want. You live in the way of injustice, where there, there is jealousy, envy, contention, confusion, and all sorts things that lead to disharmony, then there becomes injustice. 
is this will walk humbly, right? Part of that big part, humility, means that as Josiah did, we rely on the Lord to provide. Verse 15 started off with, does it make you a king to have more and more cedar? Does it make you a king to live in a fancy house? Does it make you a king to drive a fancy car? Does it make you a king to have what your neighbors don't? There's nothing wrong with having those things, but verse 17 said it's wrong because you've got them at the expense of others. And when you continue to ask for things with the wrong motives, you will not receive them. He says, Josiah did what was right and was blessed. If you fail to do these things, then you will surely be punished. And I say that if we, as the church, lose sight of what it means to be believers, if we lose sight of seeking justice for all, for doing righteousness, or doing right for others. If we fail to seek out and help deliver those who face oppression, those who suffer, the expense of others to get ahead. If we do wrong, simply by not doing anything or allowing violence to continue to happen to other people, to allow oppression to continue to help, to be forced upon other people, then we too will have to face a time of judgment Christians are called to a life of holiness of sanctification of godliness and we know throughout scriptures what it means to know the Lord to defend the cause of the poor and needy do what is right and just. That's how Josiah knew the Lord. That's how Micah tells us the Lord wants us to live. That's how Jeremiah warns them. If you are not careful, judgment will come. We even see it in the scripture we've looked at before in Revelation. Yet, a warning given to the church this time. 
Revelation 2. Starting in verse 4, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. For if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Just as Jehoiakim was told, if you do not change, your very name will be stricken from history. There will be no more kings. The line of secession will end with you. And in Revelation, it says, if you don't use your light to shine, then you will lose your light. If you don't use your light to shine and light up the darkness, you will lose it. Jeremiah. What does the Lord say but this? To do what is just and right. To rescue from the hand of his oppressor those who are being oppressed. And to do no wrong or violence. To speak up for those who may need a voice. And so when we can check those things off of our to-do list as believers. <clears throat> then we can truly know that not only will we be provided for like God provided for Josiah, but that we have something even greater in store. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life to believe in him to know him through doing those things by doing what is right by loving justice by freeing the oppressed and by doing no wrong to others. Simply put, Jesus says it, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that is our challenge in doing what God would have us to do. And so, are we ready to commit and marking those things off our to-do list. Ready to dedicate ourselves. To fulfilling what God would have us to do. His plan for our lives. We're going to ask just take a few moments in prayer. Asking that the Lord would speak to your heart. Strengthen your spirit. 
Strengthen your soul. That you might be empowered and emboldened to live your life daily in a way that is pleasing to the Lord by doing justice, doing righteousness, delivering the oppressed, and doing no wrong to others. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we just humbly come before your throne this day. We seek, we ask for your mercy, for your grace, for your forgiveness, for where we have fallen short and living a life as you would have us. Us. We pray for your strength, for your power. To live a life that seeks justice, that does righteousness, that works to deliver the oppressed, and seeks to do no wrong to others, as you would have us to do, Lord, to trust in you in all things. Lord, we pray for our community. We pray for our state. We pray for our country. We pray for the world that those who need to know you may see your love and see your light. A light that you give each and every one of us to shine. We just ask that you be with us now, Heavenly Father. Keep us safe until we meet once more in your house. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. Just as a reminder, on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, we are live on this page with Christ and Crafts. Uh, we do a little craft for the kids with a uh, devotional. And then at 7, we have story time and prayer on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. We have our Bible journaling Bible study. And then, of course, we will be back here 11 o'clock for preliminary service and morning worship. And then the message itself and prayer time goes live at 1130. We hope to see you guys again. Have a blessed day.